When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, my talkers, it is musical chairs for hosts today. We've got another guest host for the last hour of the show. Holly is here to join us out to bring this hour in. We've also got Rocco in to play a little game of pop culture Jeopardy. So let's have fun. Uh Oh, Lori. I don't know. Uh-oh. It's hard to beat Holly. I don't know. Trivia. Playing against Holly, <laughs> yeah. eligible for Jeopardy. Right. I might as well just uh, go change into my bathing suit yeah. and let you guys play and talk amongst yourselves. Go take some more driftwood pictures. Oh, well. Well, this will be fun, maybe. I know. You don't know. It might be categories that I just totally suck at. Well, uh, <sighs> this is something I delved into a little bit yesterday on the Don and Steve show, and I thought I'd expand it a little bit. At All the right. risk of uh, slapping a dead horse, I am going to uh, celebrate famous slaps in cinema. And just to oh, keep boy. it, just to keep it, you know, on the good side, there will be no man on woman slapping here. Well, maybe one comedy okay, thank one. You. Uh, these will mostly be man on man slaps, woman on man slaps. You know that have happened in movies in that we've movies. seen. Oh, Holly's yes. going to wipe the floor with me. You don't know again, <laughs> again, Lori. I just want to build your confidence because you know what? I'm so wondering what Lady Exercise is going to do tonight for her performance art. I'm slightly <laughs> distracted. Well, this should go well. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> well, perhaps I would say to you to snap out of it, like Cher did okay. in Moonstruck. Who did she say it to? Nicholas Cage. Hey, see, okay, there see, go. there you go. <laughs> okay, right. And here oh, it is. Let me get that. I'm in love with you. Snap out. Snap out of it. Double slap. Well, I was thinking Danny Aiello, because he's in that movie too, he is, right? right? Is yeah. He a dad yeah. yeah, somebody's yeah. getting slapped. Um, Loretta. Loretta. <laughs> well, this, uh, we're going to go back to 1939. It's the that. Jimmy Cagney movie. Uh, Damn it. In 1939, <laughs> she slapped Sue Ellen, Prissy, Ashley, and Rhett Butler. Oh, Gone with the Wind. Yeah, Scarlett O'Hara, Vivian Leigh. There you hey! Go. See? Two nothing, Lori. Come on, Holly. Where are you Wait, at? Wait, I thought you said Linda Evans. No, <laughs> Sue, Ellen. Sue Ellen. Is that how you say? Well, that? I thought you said, oh, yeah, because Sue Ellen isn't that a character in Dallas or Dynasty I think or something? You're right. That's, <laughs> that, that threw got me off. Me, I was like, it where? threw me off. But then I got back to 1939. There it is. Yeah, yes. there it is. Right. yeah. A good trivia person would just hear 1939 and go, "Gone with the wind." <laughs> yeah, but whatever. This is uh, from the world of television. Um, What 2011 show are we hearing here? Boy means nothing to me. I can't stand the wailing of women. 
one word and I hit you again. I'm telling mother. Wait. Go. Tell her. Wait, what? Yeah. What year was that? 2011. 20? Is that Game of Thrones? It is. Oh! Game of Thrones. That was Tyrion slapping Joffrey, his brother. Oh, well, Joffrey was Deserve very slapping. slappable. Yes. <laughs> so nobody feels bad about that. The boy king. Yes. And that was, I think, before. That was like episode two or something like that. So I think it was pre mm-hmm. his kingship but okay you rocko all right i mean you know there's i mean when you google famous slaps in movies which i don't think you should do right now there was like a good 30 of them or so here really i narrowed it down to about nine or ten all right uh so two to one holly Lori. no Lori. yes i know sorry um okay we're gonna go to 1993 see if you can tell me what movie this scene is from I said throw down, boy. Oh, was that Tombstone? Yeah. To oh. Is. Oh, holy oh. good one. Can you tell me who was slapping and who was getting slapped? Um, can I say that it was, was it Wider slapping Doc Holliday? Um, it was, uh, I don't think, it was Billy Bob Thornton was the slappy. Oh, the, I don't know who he I played in that movie. I think he was just a blackjack dealer. Okay. But yes, it was Kurt Russell as White Earp. Yeah. Oh, Slapping. He, he was pretty hot in that movie, I have to say. Yeah, that was a great movie. Very. Yeah, he had a nice mm-hmm. mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do like a good mustache, Rocco. <laughs> All, right. Um, All right, this is a, a comedy film from 1980. See if you can tell me who, what movie this is. I've got to get out of here. Calm down, I'll get back to your seat. I'll take care of this. Calm down. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. It's airplane. Yes. 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 Also, another great slapping scene in the movie Airplane. I always think about Robert Stack going through the airport terminal as the pilot whenever I got things to do and you gotta like punch people in the face. Kick him away. Yeah, I want to say that scene takes place like right after this scene when I when I was laying down the clip. So nice. check it out. Right. I don't know how you got that from that. I was <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, get back to your seat, man. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the clue. Okay. All right. Johnny Fontaine, a character based on Frank Sinatra, gets mm-hmm. slapped in this nineteen seventy two movie. Name it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. 1972? You cannot like a man! What the matter with you? Is this Broadcast how you turn around the Hollywood with Pinocchio that cries like a woman? It's the Godfather. It's the Godfather. 50th anniversary. Yeah. I like that Francis Ford Coppola gave a shout out to Robert Evans. Well, that was his apology. Like, after 50 years... Francis Ford, because they beefed. Those two guys beefed. I didn't know that. Big time. Okay. They did not get along on the set of that movie. So that was Francis Ford Coppola on Sunday night being like, well, you know, Robert Evans is dead, so I might as well just give him a shout out now. Oh, see, I wanted to bring that up because I thought if anyone would know, Hollywood know the significance of that. And Casey's like, who's Robert Evans? And I said, Allie McGraw was his wife. He cast her against Steve McQueen. And she left him for Steve McQueen. That's yeah, Lori. I've never seen the Robert Evans documentary ah! 
or his book, but I've heard they're fantastic. Lori, a vintage scandal in your near future is on the movie. The kid stays in the picture with Robert Evans. That's it. That's it. There you go. Done and done. We programmed that. All right. Let's do it. Good. All right, we're going to go to 2007 here for some more man-on-man slapping. Uh, What film do we see oil man Daniel Day-Lewis slap Paul Dano's preacher character around in? I can play a little clip. Aren't you a healer? And a vessel for the Holy Spirit? When are you coming over and make my son here again? What's the name of this movie, (laughs) There will be blood! (laughs) <laughs> there will be blood. I, what does he oh. say? I drink your milkshake. Yes. Yeah. Oh, horrible, horrible movie. Um, Got nominated for all kinds of crap. I like. Did Daniel Day Lewis mm. win for that movie? Mm. An I don't Oscar? think he did, but I think he was nominated. Guys like that movie. That's he, a oh, yeah. movie. Yeah, I like that movie. Mm. But yeah, it was Case, a Casey violent. liked it too. Yeah, I'll have to look up and see if he won awards for that, but I don't know. Not right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think maybe he did, but if he did, he won for the wrong movie. <laughs> all right. How about so Lori got off to a good start and it's been all Holly since then? Yeah, um, I did too. It's all right. Um, how about this one? This is from 1962. I'll play it, and if I need to give more clues, I will. Okay. I was just hoping maybe, maybe I could meet him and, and we could have a nice talk, just the three of us. Ooh. Yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Then you could tell him a whole lot of lies about me. Is it Scare whatever happened to Baby Jane? Yeah. Oh, maybe coming for yourself. There's the <laughs> Betty Davis slapping Joan Crawford. Joan oh, Crawford. boy. Serving that yeah. rat right on a silver platter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think I got maybe one more. Yeah. Oh, no, you can do speaking it. We got of, time, Rocco. Yeah, speaking of Oscar wins, uh, the slapper in this scene... Uh, won a Best Supporting Actor for this in 2014. See if you can name it. Was I rushing or was I dragging? Mm-hmm. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is it a, that uh, Clancy? It was about drumming. It was about a uh, like a high school band. Oh, um, J.K. Simmons, the, the, the drumming movie. What, yeah. What's the what was that called? Starts with it's, a W. The, um, w H. Whiplash. <laughs> there, I yes. was trying drumsticks. <laughs> yeah. um, Boy, he was mean in that movie. Oh gosh, I don't even think I saw it, but watching that clip today gave me some shivers. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think I ever even bothered to watch it. It was just something that I was like, well, J.K. Simmons is a bad guy, and he's good in it. That's fine. That's fine. That's all you need. That's to all know. you need to know. And Miles Teller in that. Did you, Lori? Did you watch the trailer for Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> I certainly did. I thank you for posting it. Um, yeah. It. I mean, it. This is the longest trailer we've seen, and it. We were intrigued with the snippets, and I wonder if Tom Cruise has reached out to Will Smith. Come back to the Scientology fold. We'll help you get through this. Oh man, that sounds mm. like a solution. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, I Holly, think that's about it. Hollywood. All right, it's six to three. Not bad. Uh, yeah, not bad. Not, Job. Uh, yeah. And let's usually... yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can ret- retire slap talk for a while. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it, Will Smith has that asterisk by his name forever, and he's the one who's got to live with that. So. I agree. 
All right. right. Good job, Lori. Okay. Good job, Holly. Listen, we we'll be it. back with uh, Holly and the Dirt Alert, and we also will have our pick your our prize winner name to announce um, as soon as we get back from the break. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Well, Grant, do you have our winner's name? Because I have the name. Oh, you do? Yeah, I actually read some emails today. Yeah. Way to go, Lori. Well, I hope it was for today. Sherry Askew of Ramsey won $100, and they're going to get a go and maybe be the winner for the grand prize. Well, which is fantastic because it's pick your prize, and one of those prizes that you could pick for the grand prize is worth $10,000. Oh, my gosh. How nice is that? I mean, that would be really nice. You know who might need a little $10,000, Lori, right now is the Baldwin family. Because Hilaria Baldwin announced today that she's pregnant with her seventh child with Alec Baldwin. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's, uh, I guess, you know, if they, I guess they want, they want a big family. And they're, they're certainly on their way. And he's going to be having to make a lot of independent movies. Yeah, you know, Alec Baldwin's growing family is kind of like Nicolas Cage's uh, dinosaur bone habit, meaning that he's going to have to do a lot of video-on-demand films in order to pay for, you know, his lifestyle, so to speak. (laughs) Well, and, you know, there was a fascinating in the Hollywood issue of Vanity Fair um, that I read. uh, There's a fascinating story about the whole everything on the set of Rust and what happened with the shooting death of Helena Hutchins mm. and the guy who expressed the most, of course, Alec Baldwin, you know, he's just blabbed to George Stepanopoulos and legally he can't say anything, but the guy, the takeaway from the story is that the guy they originally wanted to hire to be the armor, he insisted if I'm an armor on a Western with this many gunshot scenes or gun shooting scenes, I need an assistant armorer to do the job. There needs mm. to be two of us. And they said no. And he feels so much guilt because he said, if I'd taken the job, it wouldn't have been that Hannah, the inexperienced gal, and it, it wouldn't have happened. Wow. It's a really powerful story. I mean, I guess she was carrying, She, they were so cheap. They wouldn't even give her a cart to haul the guns around. She was hauling the guns around under her arms. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Go ahead. mm. No, I was just going to say, they just cut so many corners, and it costs this woman her life. Right. Right. And making a movie should never cost anybody their life. You know, bringing that up, Lori, that's interesting. I'll have to go check that out in Vanity Fair magazine. The, The piece that always... Kind of tickled, tickled the back of my head, and I was like, "This, this is." All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com hi everybody this is adriana trajani i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to Kristen hannah mitch album Susie essman craig ferguson 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's interesting in saying, Lori, that they were cutting corners, cutting costs, allegedly, according mm-hmm. to this article on the set of the movie Rust. Well, there was this whole article in Variety that was published late last year about the financing structure of a movie like Rust. And in as much and, and I can't I'm paraphrasing it just horrifically right now because I don't have it in mm-hmm. front of me. But essentially, a movie like Rust being financed as almost like a tax write off for the people yes. who are involved in it. So. Speaking to that, that there is a lot of mm, probably things happening behind the scenes that we're not necessarily aware of that ultimately yeah. led to this tragedy. And yeah. that's and that stinks. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But yeah, he's going to be making a lot of movies. And you know what? He's probably uh, happy to be off making movies because I, I, he's got that big cloud hanging over his head, this lawsuit, because that's going to go on and. You know, they haven't even decided what the charges are, according to this Vanity Fair story. And they interviewed the district attorney um, that's prosecuting the case. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be a long time. Yeah, it is. This is. Yeah, this 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 is going to go on for quite some time as these things do. They can go on for years. Something that's going to happen a little more close to the present date, April 22nd. I think that there's a movie, and I didn't post this trailer, Lori, on your show links. I will tomorrow on mytalk1071.com. Did you watch the trailer for The Northman with Ethan Hawke as a Viking with Willem Dafoe? No, but that kind of a show is right up my alley. I love that stuff. So this is this is going to be a movie, and Ethan Hawke describes a wild memory while filming that he and Willem Dafoe, it involves nudity, animal noises, and quote oh Viking acid. So oh, wow! I think they they strip down naked in this movie, and they play like wolves. Oh dear! I <laughs> just don't know if I want if I need to see that. But I I do like both of those actors, so I'll, I guess I'll see their bony butts. Fine. Yeah, and this also stars <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor Joy, oh, and Bjork. Yes. So you know what I'm yes. talking about now. Yeah. Now this I, now I. I do because people were mad or people were mad at Nicole Kidman because she got like an exception to enter the country to film or I don't know, something like that. Well, and this is a movie. I I don't know, Lori, did you ever watch the movie The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson? Uh, Casey watched it and he told me not to bother that I would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie. I how can I just I there are just that that movie is like that is a trip and this guy robert eggers directed this movie too so oh, if they oh, so this movie's gonna have a lot of nudity a lot of weird sex stuff and it also has vikings so if that's gonna mm-hmm. be up your alley then you know maybe you'll dabble it, in it it kind of is uh oh i know that i love that <laughs> I, I i haven't watched the last kingdom and the next season is out and i'm just I'm I'm not Googling anything what's going on with Uhtred of Bebenberg. Good. You know, spare yourself from spoiler alerts. Those kinds of things yeah. you got to manage on your own. Uh, Gina Rodriguez is set for a lead role in an upcoming ABC comedy pilot called Not Dead Yet. So she'd be returning. Finally. Right. 
back to the small yeah. screen. So this is just a pilot right now. So ABC has the the final say on whether they want to pick this up or not. But if so, Gina Rodriguez stars as a character called Nell Stevens. She's broke, newly single, and feeling old. She's a self-described disaster, works to restart the the life and career that she left behind 10 years ago. So this is cute. It sounds good. uh, Have you this is based on a book called Confessions of a 40 something bleep up. Do you know that book? I don't, but I can't. Gina Rodriguez, she isn't 40. Uh, No, she's not. So she's probably not she's by a long shot. Yeah, so I think they're That's either going to adjust it, you know, adjust the age or okay. do whatever, but you know, she played Jane the Virgin. That show ran for 5 seasons and 100 episodes. Yeah. It was a big deal for her. Yeah. Uh Ellen DeGeneres is wrapping up her run on television after 19 seasons. She's trotting out the big stars Lisa Kudrow appearing on Ellen DeGeneres. And uh she's talking about her friends co-stars cuz what else would you be doing? Yeah, and she said Of course. Yeah, and she said the person who she would do anything for is Courtney Cox. Mm. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I can see it. You got that at the re- watching the reunion. It seemed like all the the women were uh, all tight after all these years. Well, yeah, didn't Not they so all eat the, the guys. Yeah, didn't they all eat the same salad in the commissary for 10 years? Together basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. That, yeah. It, Julie it and I did that together for a long time at Carlson Companies. This... Have the same salad together every day. <laughs> <laughs> it bonds you. It bonds you. It does. All right. Listen, we're going to check in on traffic and be back with Study of Doc. Yes. And you were correct. And I didn't know because I didn't have my headphones on. It was Sherry Askew from Ramsey. The only reason why I was Yay. questioning it was because we had another winner from Ramsey earlier this week. And so I was worried that it was the same one. But yes, Sherry did even check in on us here. She called in. Congratulations, Sherry. Ask you from Ramsey. You are now entered in for that ten thousand dollar pick your prize sweepstakes, and you won a hundred bucks. So congrats! Uh, yeah, everyone knows that, though. Well, I almost feel like I should be doing this report as lady exercise because I stumbled across a study, Holly, that I think lady exercise would be very interested in, and the headline is Americans don't exercise. Duh. So, <laughs> duh! I know it. This is a new research from the CB, CDC, and um, a lot of people have blamed, you know, the pandemic as, as to their couch potato-ness and all of that, but we were, we were couch potatoes long before COVID hit. The study conducted from 2017 uh, through 2020 found that basically a quarter of U.S. adults, um, you know, are really pretty lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, is this surprising to anybody? But um, yeah, I think people lie about what how much exercise they do. The only person I know who doesn't is my husband, who is so disciplined. He works out seven days a week. Oh man, yeah, I know. The, and the thing with like working out or doing fitness is you don't have to do a lot in order to receive the benefits of, of it. So it's like, well, you don't have to lie about being a gym rat. You can just you know, go for a walk, do go a little this, a do a little that. We did, we did have that study that if, if you just walk a half hour a day, which lady exercises really taken to heart. If you, if you knew Holly, the funny plans I had to exercise, I, 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 I did not realize that there wouldn't be time for like taking a Pilates class or 
looking at my little cheat sheet that my friend Linda gave me and using my bands and stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right, right. It's so, it's one of those things. And that's, that is a lesson that I have learned through the past couple of years is like, it's simple, stupid. Just get up yeah. and move. Yeah. Lady that, exercises, that, that right, is kind though. of it. But I mean, I really thought I was going to have time to take classes. I was not adjust. I was not factoring in the time thing and I'm not trying to complain up or anything like that, but I didn't realize that, you know, yeah. that the five hour time difference would be, you know, make that not and Casey just said, he's like, why don't you just walk? Why don't you don't worry about your rubber band? So I did use the one band one day to ride the driftwood pony <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And if you're walking on the sand, Lori, like you're, you're getting a calf workout. Oh yeah, I know it. It yeah. is it is hard, but you got to have your shoes on. Otherwise, that damn sand is too hot. Oh, oh you know problems. Sweating. Yeah, really. Yeah. Tiny violins okay. playing for you. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Okay, now here is a study of duh. Um, they did a study where they actually scientists examined in they called it the science of boredom, and they ranked jobs, hobbies, and characteristics of quote unquote dull people and dull things oh, no. and what do you think the dullest job came out on top the what would just be your guess the dullest job a guy like an actuary an accountant yeah like some somebody who's just like you know burp, 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 cpa yeah. yeah you both are correct analyze data yes and accountants are considered to have the dullest uh jobs um and the dullest hobby bird watching which i just thought was just a slap in the face to bird watchers yeah. oh bird watching is great it is there are a bunch of cardinals around right now and you can hear them singing their song it's a beautiful thing it's meditative that is not boring spring is in the air yeah, those birds but, are chirping yeah but people but it's what's ironic when i read this study is that the scientists were like going on and on in the study how studying boredom is more interesting than actually what people consider bore what is what is boring i just thought i can't believe you got money to fund this study yeah somebody had to do it what are, what else are, what other hobbies are considered boring do you have any of those um or it's just bird watching I uh, bird watching was the number one by like far like by it was like 38 percent mm-hmm of people just, if you say, like, so don't put, if you're dating, maybe don't put bird watching in your bio because you <laughs> might get written out unless you're really hot. That's true. Yeah. You know? And that is funny that you both guessed the actuary and the accountant because I think it just feels like it is just a lot of, oh, you're just, it's numbers. Oh. Which, well, know. it's number. It's not only numbers, but it's also because numbers can be really, actually very interesting but it's that it's the the forms it's the knowing the the crossing the t's and the dotting of the lowercase j's to like but you know what cheers to the accountants and the actuaries we salute you i hope you find your yeah the the most exciting jobs um are perceived to be performance arts science yay journalism health professionals and teachers. So I thought that was that was the good thing that came out of the study of boredom. 
Huh, yeah. That the the I could see that. So things with yeah. like some, you know, a little stress added to it. It's not boring. It's not boring. No. It's not boring at all. They also did a study, this is not going to surprise anybody, but they found that um all the all the um comments and messages um posted by bots on sensitive topics like politics you know, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, uh, immigration, it it doesn't hold any sway. The thing that has the most sway are when celebrities weigh in on something. And it's like, I'm like, duh. <laughs> duh. Do you know this already? Yeah. So like when an actual celebrity makes a statement themselves and it's not from their Twitter bot army. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff. And it also said, uh, she, the, the author said, tweets shared by people with more than 10,000 followers appear to have the biggest influence on the public. And I'm like, what? It doesn't seem like very many to even have. It's not. Well, Twitter, not a lot of people are actually on Twitter. And the amount of influence that Twitter has in our conversation is disproportionate to the actual amount of folks who are on there day to day. It's such a small number. and I don't have it in front of me, but it's actually shocking because people just like looking at it, but they don't want to have their own account. Well, right. Yeah. You can be a lurker too. Also the people who are amplifying these things are you like, you know, just people out and about tend to be active on Twitter. It's very insular. That algorithm, man. Yeah. This was, this was published in um, not my favorite journal uh, to you guys. This won't be a surprise. Social network analysis and mining. And mining? And mining. I suppose data mining. That's exactly it, because then there's this other study, which they're still doing, but how people agree and accept cookies on um, and how much of your information goes by the side, Ugh. and people don't even think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, if you're on the internet, it's out there. It's just it it's just out there. And if you have a company that has access to gather that data that we're talking about, gold mine for sure. I used to work for this company that was a real estate um we used uh, platforms to help people find houses and they had to accept yeah. all those cookies and all the data they got from how who was buying houses in what areas and all these different things. Really? They sold the company for almost a billion dollars just for the data alone. Just not for the company, not for the software, but the data that they had previously recorded over the last 10 years. It's just crazy how that stuff works. So all the people who are interested in data mining analytics, even though they say it's a dull job, I bet it's a well-paying job. Oh, lucrative for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. that's another, that's why my own study I've died. I'm like, it might be dull, but I bet it's a, you know, good pay and there'll always be a job for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. It's just, yeah, it's kind of fascinating, too, to think that Caroline Kennedy was the first one that alerted us. I think it was the first year we were on the air, Holly, that she came out with her book about privacy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 2004, but about warning about what was ahead with the Internet. Oh, and look where we are in 2022. <laughs> look how far we've come. <laughs> All right. Listen, when we come back, we are going to play a little audio. Um, uh, Jim Carrey sat down. Uh, I don't know if he sat down, if it was just a Zoom, but with Gail King for CBS, just weighing in as a comedian about um, Will Smith. And um, so we'll hear from him when we come back. 
Well, aloha, everybody. I hope you've been enjoying that we've been closing the show with Is Every Day Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Thank you for I know. Isn't that such a pretty version? Yeah, it's lovely. It, it is lovely. Okay, well, speaking of something that isn't so lovely, but I was interested... As uh, Holly, I don't know if you had a chance to watch like Jimmy Kimmel's um, monologue last night um, was so good, so funny. And um, of course, he's hosted the Oscars. So I appreciated, you know, his perspective about, hey, I'm not the host of one of the most worst fiascos of the Oscars anymore because he was Moonlight La La Land. Oh, gosh, that's right. That is right. And Denzel was right there for that one, too. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. For that one too, Denzel. Told yeah. to do. So if you get a chance on YouTube, it's worth watching. Um, and um, But Jim Carrey... Um, did an interview with Gail King this morning, and Grant has the audio about what happened at the Oscars with Will Smith and Chris Rock, and um, so let's take a listen. What did you think as you watched it unfold and then what happened after? I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. It really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. There was some question today about if anyone else had walked from the audience and done that, they would have been escorted out by security or maybe even arrested. The police asked, asked Chris they if he been. had to file charges. They asked Chris, do you want to file charges? And Chris apparently said, no, he did not. He doesn't want the hassle. I, I'd have, I'd have uh, for, announced this morning that I was suing Will for $200 million because that video is going to be there forever. It's going to be ubiquitous. You know, that insult is going to last a very long time. If you want to yell from the audience and disapprove or show a disapproval or say something on Twitter or whatever, you you know, you do not have the right to to walk up on stage and smack somebody in the face because they said words. I think we all agree on that. I just thought, Jim, that it escalated to that. You know what I mean? That it escalated to that level. It didn't escalate. Mm-hmm. It came out of nowhere because Will has something going on inside him that's frustrated. And I, I, I wish him the best. I really do. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have anything against Will Smith. He's done great mm-hmm. things. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, to me, I appreciate the, the take on that, Holly. Um, I mean, I, I think... For Will Smith, his biggest moment, his highest crowning achievement, you know, professionally coincides with his lowest moment personally. It's they're tied together. Yeah, you know, and I the breeding things, putting it in perspective where you know Will Smith has been slowly building his resume to win an Academy Award for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, he got his first nomination almost 20 years ago, or at least 20 years ago, for his performance of Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali as Ali, and then subsequently uh, has been nominated several times after that. And yeah, they, these two moments in his career will be intertwined forever. I mean, this will be the when they call back, 
to mm-hmm. moments in his career and his life, these two just like back to back. There's no way of yeah. not being able to have a conversation about one without the other. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I was when we were talking with Shaletta and she was giving her perspective as a you know black woman with alopecia um, and, and how that feels and everything. I honestly, I thought that Jada just liked that look because she's worn her buzz tag. She looks beautiful without any hair. I, I never realized she had any sensitivity about it because she's been so open for three or four years about it. To me, the thing that I think set Will off, and this is not to make an excuse, but he's had at every award show, people have made jokes about the open relationship they have and the entanglement. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if that was like some kind of slow simmer burn underneath because he was laughing along with the joke. I would be, I guess I would have loved to have been a fly at all the parties and in the limos. And I wonder, you know, I hope Will, you know, gets therapy and not Scientology therapy. Yeah, sure. There's a lot to say, but, you know, those who were in the room, I suppose, saying it and probably not going to be on the record about whatever they saw. I did see something. Well, I did see something from Tony Ortega from the Underground Bunker uh, on them. Well, he was saying that they had not been affiliated with Scientology for quite some time. And his sources said that. So just because I. Yeah, that. uh he was reporting that and saying that, you know, his perspective, Tony Ortega being the friend of the show, the Scientology expert who writes a great yeah. website on Scientology. So it seems that, you know, at least addressing that point, trusting Tony Ortega as a source, perhaps that they're yeah. not, that that part of the equation, I don't think necessarily that is of concern. Yeah, and I think Jim Carrey goes on to say, you know, how it overshadowed everything that came after that slap. And Jimmy Fallon had his, his you know, band director, Questlove, who won an Oscar for Summer of Soul, which is a great documentary. Yeah, I'm really. sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And he said he was doing transcendental meditation and wasn't in the room. Hmm. And he he said, "Oh yeah, Seinfeld, you know, get turned me on to TM." So he was TMing for twenty minutes. So when his the next category that was an Oscar was him, he was back in a seat, but he missed the whole thing, and he didn't really know what was going on. But he told Jimmy, he said, "I could feel something in the air, but I was so wanting to thank my mom and dad for." you know, um, doing without so I could take music lessons. And, you know, he said, I was just in my own, I I felt the energy change, but I didn't know what happened until after I got backstage. Well, I think that, you know, with Questlove acknowledging that, acknowledging a similar feeling to the people at home, trying to figure out, well, geez, what just happened? And uh, intuitively understanding that something happened, but not quite understanding exactly what happened. Yeah, and yeah. thank you, Holly, by the way, for posting, you know, the opening, um, just switching topics. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker and her husband, Matthew Broderick, were going to be on Broadway Plaza Suite, Neil Finally. Simon show. Finally, it, opened, <laughs> it, it was supposed to open like March 20th, 2020. And so uh, thank you, you posted. They had the premiere last night, and she's wearing a Prabal Gurung gown that is very Bridgerton with a 60s kind of updo in the hairdo department. Oh, she looks great. I bet she's doing the same hair on stage. If I'm assuming that this Plaza Suite yes. is taking place in the 60s, just like the original yes. version. All right. Yeah.
And it was a very kind of a Regency looking gown. So thank you for posting that in the Top Gun trailer. And I appreciate you filling in for Julia today. Absolutely. Lady exercise. Go find some driftwood. Get some splinters in some interesting places. (laughs) I got to think of something, but mama's pooped. (laughs) Well, I'll give you one of these then. Job done. Off you go. Off you go. (laughs) Bye, Lauren.